This is a shock podcast. Hello everyone. This is Jonathan. Hi everyone. This is Jed. And welcome to episode 3 of From Grit to Great podcast. Jed, how's your Hi. week so far? As usual, it's always been a very busy week, but during my downtimes, it has been quite some few days of award shows, the Oscars and the Grammys, Grammys. Yep. the Golden Globes, and I- there's a lot of issues coming in and out of those shows. I mean, I've been a sucker for those shows since I was in high school and college and now it's still nice to watch and see these new artists and movie stars every now and then and and, and it's exciting our beloved sister who's a big fan of BTS has been disappointed because for the second time in a row BTS still hasn't won a grammy despite yes. them being everywhere i mean they're arguably they're the only music artist who was able to mount multiple concerts successfully despite the pandemic they've been virtually available they were able to mount a lot of concerts United States they have been so productive yeah you know i always wonder do these guys ever rest you know with all their shows with everything that they do they've been on multiple shows globally i'm sure they do i mean the biggest stars in the world right now and i always think about myself do they ever rest apart from them getting covid at some points like most of them has gotten covid yeah and Apart from that, has to have they ever taken a risk? It's well, just a wonder to me. I think health is at the prime of their right. company's priorities. But I think on top of that, there are so many ways for you to become productive as well. It's managing your time, making use of different gadgets and technology, which is available luckily these days. Mm-hmm. In our case, as mortals, <laughs> I think we can be productive using a lot of other techniques. I mean, there's a technique about managing urgency versus importance, and there's also So relying on the technology that's been made available for us today, which is going to be my segue for our topic in this podcast, we'd like to talk about how to be productive by taking advantage of available technology through mobile apps, through software, and through all these available programs that are free to download. Some of them you can pay for extra features, but they're free to download, and it's something that we can vouch for because we have been heavy users and fans of these apps as well. So, Jed, in this episode, are you ready to share your favorite productivity apps oh, and software? Oh, totally, yeah, totally, yeah. Which I think are very important because we use them every day. Jed, how many times do you check your Facebook Messenger or WhatsApp? Every time, like in the Philippines, you know, we both are entrepreneurs and business owners, and you know this. In the Philippines, it's crazy because we use. Like three, four different messaging applications, and there's no way for you not to be checking all those four every single minute, every single second. So if you're using multiple apps all at the same time, it will be great if you can just look at one screen. It's very distracting if you're checking both your smartphone and also your laptop while working. Mm-hmm. So for me, non-negotiable in the age of 2022, you're supposed to have a desktop client version for your messengers. Yep. Do you have that installed? Yes. I don't, don't want to sound like this is too basic because. Some of our listeners might say, oh, I already know that. But you'll be surprised. There are a lot of people who still don't use yes. the desktop clients. I'm saying this because it's easier to and faster to type when you're using your laptop keyboard than typing things on your smartphone. We all have fat fingers and it takes so much time to type them in a smartphone. So that for me is non-negotiable. Make sure you already have that. Now, here's the next question. What about your SMS? Do you know that there's a way for you to check your SMS on your 
your laptop as well? Yeah. I mean, I'm using an Apple iOS device. So everything is on my phone and on my laptop as well. Everything comes down to it. Yeah. But what happens if you're not an Apple user? So I'm an Android user and we don't have that version if mm-hmm. I'm going to use, because I mean, there are Samsung tablets, but laptops aren't yet as big for the Samsung universe or for the Android universe. So I'm a Microsoft user for my laptop, but I'm an Android user for my smartphone. There are downloadable apps like Push Bullet. That's the name. Push as in push, bullet as in from the gun. And it allows you to download a free app wherein you can check your SMS and reply to it from your laptop. And I think this is this is amazing for Android users and Microsoft users because it's distracting if you're checking two devices at the same time for your SMS. Take note, Push Bullet is just one brand. There are multiple brands that you can download. Another competitor of it is Mighty Text. It does the same thing. Mighty Text even goes far as you can even receive and take a phone call from your laptop. Granted that both your smartphone and your laptop are connected to the internet. So that's another way of making things fast. Another thing, I'm a heavy user of WhatsApp. And by the way, WhatsApp is mostly used by people whose contacts are international. If you notice that in the Philippines, Mm -hmm. if most of your contacts are only local, you're likely using Facebook Messenger or Viber. But if your contacts, let's say you're working for a multinational company and your colleagues are also in other parts of the world, you're a heavy WhatsApp user. Five years ago, I wished that there was a way for me to schedule my messages on WhatsApp. Meaning, I thought of an idea, it's 9 o'clock p.m., but I only want this message to be received the next morning. Is there a way for me to schedule my WhatsApp messages? And the answer is yes. And literally, it's called WhatsApp Scheduler. So just go to Google search. You can download it. The only limitation here is that it's not available on smartphones. The WhatsApp Scheduler needs to be used on a laptop or desktop. Now, you might ask, is there a Facebook Messenger Scheduler? Is there a Viber Messenger Scheduler? The answer is there aren't yet any. And I wish, so I'm going to call out the universe, whoever's creating some programs. I hope you do because they're going to be very helpful for us. You can schedule things now on email, which we'll talk about. About that later on, but there aren't enough options yet for instant messenger. Here's one more, Jed. Do you wish that you can integrate all of your instant messengers in your laptop, the laptop version, in an integrated dashboard? Of course. I mean, there's already apps for that. Like on Apple, there's, um, I think it's only available on Apple and I use this. It's called All-in-One Messenger. So you could download this on your MacBook and then it basically integrates most of the Messenger programs like Facebook Messenger, WhatsApp, Google Mail. In fact, even Instagram Messenger is also Mm. there. Twitter, Mm. Skype, LinkedIn, WeChat. But Viber isn't unfortunately in there. So there are apps which are designed. They're called instant messaging aggregators. Aggregators. That's right. That's right. Well, it's good that you mentioned that because you represent the Apple users. I can represent in this podcast the Microsoft users. There is a version of it also for Microsoft operating system, allinone.im which is yes. the website. So there is also We're available. talking about the same thing. So, yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. So use it, guys, because I've been using it for more than five years now. It's been very helpful, dramatically changes how I'm so quick from shifting from one instant messenger to another. Here's one more. Do you want to separate work from personal contacts? Meaning, if you're using Viber or WhatsApp, how you wish that you have a WhatsApp only for your friends and loved ones. And there's another WhatsApp for your what is that? clients. I, I've never heard about this. Yeah, so me. It's called Clone Apps. That's the category for it. So Clone Apps, you can use two Facebook Messenger, two Viber accounts, mm. two WhatsApp running in the same phone. So you just need to look for apps called Parallel Space. Another competitor is called Dual Space. 
So they are very popular apps to download. When you download it, it allows you to open an extra WhatsApp, an extra Facebook, and an extra Viber. Of course, you have to undergo the same process. You have to register the account. You have to indicate the contact numbers of the people that you need to message. But beautiful part, separate. So you will have two WhatsApp icons on your smartphone. You will have two Viber icons that you can click. One is for work. One is for personal. All right, let's go for another category, Jed. Let's talk about video conferencing, like video calls, because that has been our staple for the past two years since the pandemic mm -hmm. has happened. So I want to start with something that a lot of people have been concerned when speaking up. Are you mindful of background noises when talking to colleagues on a video call, like dogs barking? I have a yes. pet dog. Or doors opening, closing, you know, I think people walking I think, behind you. I think doors opening are forgivable. What I think is not forgivable are your siblings crying, yeah. right? Or kids it, crying. Or if, if you happen to be a student, your mom calling out, Jonathan, have yeah. you already started cooking the rice? Like, mm -hmm. you know, those things. So there is a way and there is available technology for you to minimize the background noise, which means the technology allows the system, in this case, your device, like your laptop, to only detect the nearest voice, which is your voice. And then anything that sounds faint is going to be eliminated. So for example, if you're using Zoom, which I think is the most popular video conferencing platform, all you need to do, my dear friends, is to go to the audio settings. When you go to audio settings, try to scroll down and look for a sentence that says suppress background noise. Suppress background noise and then click high for the fullest maximum effect. So what will happen is even if when you're speaking and there, let's say you have a neighbor who's hammering, it will not be heard by the people listening to you. This is not only available on Zoom. This is also available on Microsoft Teams. It has the same instructions. Go to the device settings, go to audio, and then there is another tab, another button that says noise suppression. If you were to choose, by the way, what would you think is the better video conferencing app? Zoom or Microsoft Teams? You and know by what? the way, I want to be as objective as possible because I've had partnerships with both companies. <sighs> So how about I'll be you, very, you I'll, I'll be very biased because pre-pandemic, when I was studying at the Waseda University in Tokyo, we have been using Zoom. No, 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 I mean, don't get me wrong. I've been using Zoom even before the pandemic happened, but they weren't as popular as they are today. Yeah, yeah, I know. But what I'm trying to say is they were already popular then in our university because everyone's been using it. So which and one then, do you prefer? I want to go back to I, the original Zoom. question. Oh, that's what, I'm, what, I, that's what okay. I'm trying to say. It's still <laughs> Zoom because they're the precursor of this kind of you know, convenience technology in terms of web and conferencing. Okay. And Teams is good for one-on-one -on -one for me, but for me, Zoom is the best. Google I Teams hope, for one-on-one. -on -one. I hope I don't lose any of my partnerships with Microsoft here, but I'm sharing. I'm sharing this out of the request that there are a lot of spaces I think that can be improved on. Mm -hmm. But first and foremost, I think the video quality on Zoom is way better. Just the idea that on Zoom, for example, you can improve the quality of your skin because they have a Korean filter button. <laughs> yeah. I wish that Microsoft Teams has that. The second one is, this is just me, but I often get disconnected on Microsoft Teams way more frequent than in Zoom. Plus the fact that 
that Zoom has this way of entering a room just by keying in the ID number and the passcode. Mm-hmm. On Microsoft Teams, you don't have that. So it's harder for you to get in and you need to secure your corporate account in order for you to be able to make use of the app as well. So in general, I think Zoom is still way better than Microsoft Teams, but Microsoft Teams isn't that far behind. And knowing how great the company is, hint, hint, I'm being nice here, how they're very you know, well-diverse with their team members, I'm sure they're going to find a way to improve this in the future. Right. So there you go. So going back, because we've been digressing too far now. <laughs> so Chris, K-R-I-S-P, you can download an app Here's another way to eliminate background noise if you're neither using Microsoft Teams or Zoom. So for example, if you're using Google Meet or Facebook Messenger, and these are video conferencing platforms that are only available via a browser, you need to use Chrome, you need to use Firefox or Internet Edge, you cannot eliminate background noise because Google Meet and Facebook Messenger do not allow these features. So what do you do? You have to download an external app. So Crisp is an application that allows them to eliminate that background noise. And it's also for free, by the way. Mm-hmm. Is it your first time to hear about Crisp, Jed? No, it's about not it? my first time. I've been hearing about this, but I've never actually used it. Okay, well, for some of our folks listening, and if you haven't tried it out, I would vouch for it. It has saved my life and my career significantly because it was able to eliminate a lot of my background noise. Mm-hmm. Okay, I want to talk about emails now. Emails remain to be the king, the queen of our mode of communication, regardless of there is a pandemic or there isn't one. So one productivity hack that I think people should know by now is that you can schedule your emails. Mm-hmm. A while ago, we talked about scheduling your WhatsApp messages. You can obviously schedule your emails on Gmail and on Microsoft Outlook. On Gmail, this is called schedule email. On Outlook, this is called delay delivery. And I love this because sometimes I just don't want to stress out the recipients because they keep on receiving so many things in their inbox. You Sometimes you also don't want to sound too excited when you're responding to someone. I'll give an example, Jed, like a client, a very big client just asks me to do a three-month project that is going to involve such a very big audience. It will help us meet our sales quota. And I'm so excited to say, thank you. Let's move forward now to the next steps. So sometimes you don't want to look like you're too excited because you don't want to look like you're too desperate to have a sale. Mm -hmm. So what I will do is I will write down my reply and say, thank you for engaging with us. We look forward to identifying the next steps. I will type that message, but I will delay the delivery perhaps an hour or perhaps the next day. Have you done that? Several times, especially when I am working during the weekends on a Saturday or on a Sunday. Uh, and I do not wish to send it over the weekend. So I just delay it from earliest Monday morning. Because you don't want to look like you're working on a weekend and that you don't yeah. have a social life, right? Well, uh, not my proudest moment. It was part of my politics and my theatrics. But I'm just giving you an idea of how scheduling emails has so many various benefits in your corporate life. I want to give one more example. What about you have an email and you know that this person will not likely respond to it. So you want to be reminded in the next three or four days if ever that person has not replied. There are features for this. In your Gmail, there is a button called snooze, which means after you've sent an email, you right click on the topmost part click snooze and you can ask for an alarm on any date and any time on when you can be reminded that that email needs to be acted on. Have you done that yet on Gmail? You're using Gmail, right? I am using Gmail, but honestly, I'm a lazy email person. So I really haven't explored all these features, honestly. Yeah. So, yeah, for, so me, yeah. snooze is very important because let's say, for example, a client inquired about my service. So I replied to them, but that client sometimes, because they have so many other things to do, will not reply 
reply to me in the next two or three days. They need to be reminded, hey, I replied to you last Monday. It's already Thursday. Are we proceeding with a project? So I need to hit the snooze so that by Thursday, I will be reminded by my Gmail account and telling me this person has not replied yet. And it's very, it's life-changing. It makes you so efficient. It's like your diary of who has contacted you and who needs to be contacted and followed up again. Mm. People might be asking, what about for Outlook? Is there a version for that? Yes, there is. There is no native. Maybe that's because I haven't used Outlook for a while. So I don't know if there is a native feature, but there is an application that you can download and you can integrate it into Outlook. It's called Boomerang. And by its namesake, the email boomerangs back into your inbox if the person has not replied after a few days. And the beauty of it, you can even in the program indicate if client or if the recipient has not replied in X days, please return the email in my inbox. And then it will give you an alarm. This is a very good feature to be used by salespeople, especially those B2B clients or even individual clients that they want to keep on chasing. Exactly. Maybe these are potential clients that you can really budge in. So so as not to forget emailing back them again, I mean, these features are going to be of a great help for you. So imagine sales agents, you have 20 clients that you have given your brochures. Not all of them are replying, but you want to nudge them and say, hey, I have a discount. I have an offer. Would you like to avail of it? So you want to keep track. You snooze all of those emails so that mm-hmm. one by one, you get reminded about it. Amazing, right? Here's one more. If you would like to stalk the person that you are talking to, let's say, again, you're a sales agent. It would be nice to know what are the hobbies? What are the sports? Is this person into this celebrity? Is this person living in this place or whatever it is? It would be nice to know something about your client or your colleague so that you can build rapport better, right? You can be aware of what triggers them positively and negatively. So there is an application and you can go to the website, discover.ly, L-Y, discoverly. That's the name of the app. Every time someone sends you an email, it's going to use that email address to search the internet for the other social media accounts of that person. So it will tell you what's the Facebook account, what's the LinkedIn account, what's the Twitter account of that person who emailed you. And you might be wondering, how do they find that out? Well, the answer is simple. We usually only have one email address that we use to register for all our social media accounts, right? So it's public information. The only difference is it puts that into a collected set of info ready for you to consume. So it's kind of... Stalkerish. I was about to say, (laughs) it's kind of stalkerish, but it's legit because it's public information. It also even allows you to find out who are your mutual connections so that, you know, if I was a salesperson, I would say it it does. Yeah, because mutual connections are public. As long as the person chose the settings that the mutual friends can be public, it can be seen. So this is good because when I know that you are the mutual friend of Anna, I can talk to you and say, hey, I didn't know that you're friends with Anna. Can you give me a tip? I'm going to talk to her next week and I'd like to ask something about this. Do you think she would like this? You know, those small bits of information matter when you're engaging a client. Jed, one last for emails. Would you like to know if the person you sent an email to read your email down to how long did the person read the email and how many times did the person open your email? Mm, Interesting. It's amazing, right? It's amazing. Yeah. Tell us what's that app. So it's called Sidekick. There are a lot of other brands, but my favorite one, which I would vouch for, it's called Sidekick. Some people might say, ah, but Outlook does that. Do you know that Outlook does it, Jed? Have you used it? 
I'm not sure no, if in the architecture. No. So Outlook has this feature called Red Receipt, wherein if the person receives your email, it's going to give them a prompt that says, do you want to send a red receipt to the sender? Ah, so yes. It, I've had this instances because back in Singapore, when I was working in my architecture firm, we use Outlook and this happens a lot. Yeah. The problem is you need to give your consent. So you can easily ignore it because you can just yes. click X, right? The best part about Sidekick is that it doesn't ask for consent. So there's also a stalkerish part. So even without the person knowing, you will find out if they have opened your email, how many times that they have opened it. And it will even tell you if they click on your attachment. And that's scary. So the clicking of the attachment, it's a advanced feature. You have to pay extra for that. But just the idea of finding out if the person opened your email is a free feature by Sidekick. Sidekick as in the literal word Sidekick. Take this with a grain of salt, however, in a sense that I think it's a good reminder for many of us when someone asks you next time, have you checked my email? Please, guys, do not lie. I'm clapping when I'm saying that because you'll never know if this person is using a software to find out. And they have the receipts. They will find out if you're lying because the technology has been made available for it. This is so interesting that you are telling me all these things that I have not been using and I have not been exploring or even exhausting. You know, we are in both different industries. My industry is more on the operations side. So emails are not that frequent. So we usually use a messaging system. So these are the first times I'm hearing about all these things. I mean, when I was working in Singapore as an architect, yeah, sure. I've been using Outlook, but of course, times have changed already, you know, and we have already evolved in terms of the features of our email. Emails. And it's so nice to be hearing all these things. You know, can I just add as well, every time I am looking for new employees in my company and they attach their resumes on their emails, it is really annoying. Sorry for the word annoying, but it's quite rather inconvenient to be opening emails because we're in the architectural industry and you have to provide your portfolios. And portfolios are full of graphics, which can go up to 60 megabytes, 70 megabytes, even up to one gigabyte files. And it's just so inconvenient to be opening up these files on the email as well. Your inbox is now going to be burdened to receive that file. It can get clogged. That's why a lot of people get inbox full. If you send a Google Drive link, it has no merit on the weight because it's a link. Yes, yes, yes. So to me, that's where Google Drive is very, very necessary. It's more of uploading all the files that you need to send out as part of your application process. It doesn't matter if it's your resume or portfolio, whatever certifications you want to add, put them on a Google Drive a folder, and then I can see it immediately all in one folder. And it's so much organized for me. Our Microsoft friends might be listening. So can I just call out, you can choose Google Drive or you can choose <laughs> Microsoft OneDrive because they also have a right. counterpart. And may I emphasize this? I'm not being biased to any of them, but what I like about Microsoft OneDrive, which Google Drive does not have, Microsoft OneDrive has an extra button that allows you to indicate the expiry of a certain file that it cannot be accessed publicly anymore. Mm. Because in Google Drive, you can change the settings to it can be publicly accessed by anyone or it can be accessed only by selected people that you put into the blanks. So you have to input their email addresses. Only those people can access the file. In Microsoft OneDrive, drive. It can be available for public, but only until 9 o'clock p.m. on a Monday. And after that time, it becomes private and no one can get to access it anymore. Interesting. So I'm not sure if it's patented by Microsoft because Google for all this year still does, doesn't have that feature. But I 
I'm also a heavy Google Drive user. So Google, folks, if you can add that, it will be great so that I don't need to schedule and, ooh, it's already Tuesday. I have to change the settings now. It will be great if that's automated as well. Right. A few more. How about you, Jed? Can you share other apps or software that you're familiar with? Um, honestly, I am just one of the most traditional tech <laughs> users. So I, I love my Google list. That's where I keep all my lists every day at work, um, my grocery. And if I need to sketch something out, it would be easy to use Google list for it. And I use Evernote as well for all my note keeping. Because Wait, with Evernote- speaking of Google list, have you heard of Google Jamboard? Yep. I know Google Jamboard. Yes. It's, so it's, it's like- more of a, like an interactive whiteboard, right? And people could actually pull out images and then post-its post-its and it's one smart display for everyone to use wherever you are in the part of the world so it became popular when the pandemic happened so it's like one entire screen and then blank canvas and people even if they are in different parts of the world can look at the same screen at the same time and they can update that screen with post-its with different notes. They can even add photos. Drawings, illustrations. So it's like being in that same room. Right? Remember those like early 2000 way of brainstorming with people that you have physical post-its and then you have to put it on the wall. Yeah. So yeah. you can brainstorm about ideas. So it's exactly the same thing. And that's called jamboard.google.com. And it's also for free. Amazing app. I've been yeah, using I this love for, this app. for clients. It's been helpful for me. Last two apps. Have you been in situations where in 25 people and you want to make sure that everyone is available for a certain meeting, but you can't find out that exact date and time because everyone has different schedules. So the only way to do that is to make a vote mm-hmm. instead of going back and forth of asking them. So there's an app for this. It's called Doodle. Have you heard about this, Jed? D-O-O-D-L-E. No, no. So in Doodle, you allow people to vote. You give them a set of options. For example, February 1, 2 o'clock p.m., February 1, 5 o'clock p.m. or February 2, 8 o'clock a.m. You send that link. It's a website link that people can click. They get to vote. So there is a poll. And after the votes are cast, it automatically sends a message to everyone saying, this is the final date that everyone is in agreement with. This reminds me of a feature on Line, Line, the messaging app, right? Mm. So Line has got so many beautiful features integrated inside the app. And if you are part of a group chat, there is a feature there where you can do polls. So it's a similar thing that what you mentioned earlier. Viber, Viber also has polls. That's true. Yeah, Viber also has polls. Facebook Messenger, Facebook Messenger and WhatsApp have yet to catch up. So I'm calling Mm. you guys out. It will be great if you add polls as well in in, in, in your. It's it's very very handy. Andy, actually. One last app before we end. I'm sure you've forgotten your password from time to time. Isn't that a nasty oh, this thing? Is super important, this one. Ha- yeah. It happens to me like maybe once or twice a month. Like your password, you knew that you remember it, but you just forgot about it and you were mm-hmm. not able to save it. So there are a lot of what they call as password aggregators. One of my favorite brands is called Dashlane. So what happens is you input all of your passwords in that program so that you only need to remember them once. And the system, your device, will remember it for you. And it's one program. So it's like one ring to rule them all. One program to manage all your passwords. It's it, That's a slippery slope though. I mean... 
you are going to share all your passwords to this app. And I, I just question about the privacy and how they share information. I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I'll be very... I get yeah. that. But that is exactly their business. They're, they're not in the business of keeping passwords. They're in the business of security. So I'm vouching for this because I've used this for many years now. And so far, knock on wood, all of my passwords are still intact. And I haven't gotten any proper breach with my bank accounts. Mm. I'm only saying this because I think one of the most hassling things in the world is to forget your password and you have to reset it again. And you're on the go and you need to access that app right now, but you forgot your password. So it's yeah. a shame. All right. That was a marathon of so many apps. It's a lot of applications. I wish we could do this like on two separate episodes, but yeah, we made a one-on-one applications, one-on-one for all productivity applications for you guys, dear listeners. And if you have any apps that you'd like to share, please message them on the comment section. We would love to find them out, use them, and maybe feature them in the next episodes as well. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure there are several more beautiful apps out there, which we don't know. You know, there's millions of applications all over the world and it would be so good for all of you to share to all of us, to the listeners and us as well, about your new discoveries of these apps. So back to our work and I wish you the best in your productivity. Dear Gladiators in Suits, see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.